Welcome to You Can't Laugh at Work, the podcast where we take topics you can't laugh at and we find ways to laugh at them in the never-ending quest to prove that work can be funny. Yeah, that thing that we spend 70% of our waking hours thinking about doing, stressing about, talking about, and so on, we should be able to laugh at it. It takes up a majority of our life in our, in our headspace, so we might as well be able to cope with it in a healthy way that brings joy, improves our experience, improves our performance, improves our connection with other people, improves our communication, and so on. So in this podcast, I'll be speaking to leaders, uh, executives, CHROs, uh, business owners, who have exemplified the idea that humor is not only welcome in the workplace, but it's necessary. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with the CHRO of Paycor, a company that builds HR software for other organizations. Karen Crone has been the Chief Human Resources Officer at Paycor since 2010. And since then, Paycor has grown from 430 people to 2,000 while maintaining a positive culture across an expanding geographic footprint. And in this episode, Karen is going to explain how they have built this culture, the way that they are future-focused, and the way that they embrace change, embrace connecting with one another, and embrace the idea of letting the frontline employees guide the leaders rather than the top-down approach, which seems to lead to disengagement, the feeling of not being appreciated, the feeling of not being recognized, uh, unhappiness, lethargy. I mean, we don't, we don't need people in the middle of a pandemic feeling unappreciated. If they're continuing to make your organization money. We have to make them feel welcome. We have to make them feel excited to do what they're doing. And Karen exemplifies this. Under Karen's leadership, the HR function is considered a trusted advisor and is deeply embedded in Paycor's lines of business as drivers of hiring, talent development, retention, and engagement strategies. Yeah, HR has a seat at the table. Not only that, but they're listened to. And Karen's leadership has a lot to do with that. So... Sit back and enjoy this episode of You Can't Laugh at That's You Can't Laugh at Work series with Karen Crone. I love your narrative. You know, you talk a lot about the future of work and uh, and adapting the workplace to be more human in the face of these future a- like AI and automation and, and re- working remotely and things like that. And so that's what, uh, that's what inspired me to reach out to you. Also, I've, in, in working with a lot of Sherm chapters, I've met a lot of people who work for Paycor and, uh, yeah. and, and they've had, they have nothing but good things to say about working there. And I think that's a testament. So I did a little research and found, you know, a few, of your articles and that's what led me to you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So are you often a keynote speaker or um, like how do you engage with companies and with, um, with Sherm? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a keynote first and foremost, uh, but, but I've been uh, diving into doing workshops and uh, consulting as far as uh, leaders trying to find new ways to use humor in the workplace. And that's like my whole thing is, is kind of clearing up the misconception of what it means to use humor. Humor isn't necessarily just about getting laughs. I mean, that's one byproduct of it, but it's more thinking creatively and finding new ways to do old things and finding ways to connect uh, the unfortunate circumstances that we face with an opportunity to create something. And uh, right. I, I kind of, I, I use the analogy of, of 
you know, leadership is like performing stand-up comedy. You know, you're, you're going to try some things. They're not going to work. But when, when you do make <laughs> a connection with your audience, which is your team, uh, it's, it's more rewarding than anything that's out there. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good, that's a really good analogy. Very good. Yeah. So and been, I think, you know, I think that's one of the things with my team is we try and keep it light. You know, we have a lot of like our own little, you know, tribal jokes and tribal humor and, and it is what gets you through the highs and the lows for sure. Right. It, it creates that connection, especially something like this, like we're all going through this together and I'm working with a group right now that just doesn't understand that yet. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're still pontificating from the, the corporate office and not really communicating with their managers. And it's, and that's why, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing, which is you turned it over to your team to, to kind of come back to you and communicate with you and you guys are visible and yeah. it's awesome. They always say that you learn the most in the extremes, extremely good times and extremely bad times. And I think those extremes create these inflection points where you really change, right? Like all of the change that we've undergone as corporate America over the last 12 years is probably a decade worth of change if we had just let it come in a natural sequence. Mm -hmm. Like the whole notion of being able to flex your entire workforce to working from home, when we think about, you know, how many obstacles and hurdles were in front of that, you know, just 12 months of go like oh will they be productive and oh will they be you know really focused on work and oh what if they have children in the workplace or pets or whatever and now all those things are just like gone right we've had to deal with them mm -hmm. and uh it's a real i think a real inflection point i, I kind of want to dive into because because hr is a field that is pretty set in the in the way things are slow to change uh i mean it involves so much paperwork and i understand that but you seem to, to have uh, separated yourself from the pack, so to speak, your perspective of change. You know, when you hear change, what comes to your mind? My team has always tried to like um, live, live in tomorrow a little bit, right? Live, live in the future because um, that's what allows you to shed the things that are unnecessary, right? If you can envision the future and stand in the future and think about what, the employee will need what the manager will need it allows you to make better choices and better prioritization about things that you can stop doing which is which is really the inflection of change right change is about stopping the things that you're doing today and picking up new things or taking new approaches and sometimes it's hard to do that when you're carrying a pail around of the old and the new right you have to figure out how to set the pail down for me the success for my team has really been about that standing in the future imagining what it's going to take to scale the business in the future. And for a high growth technology company like Paycor, you know, we go through inflection points of growth, rapid growth. And so you have to stay ahead. And if you don't stay ahead, you know, you're, you're just disempowering the business. You're limiting or hampering the business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, David, one of the things I'm really thinking about today in the way of change is this notion that the employee experience today is the four walls of their home office, right? So how do you reach into that home office and, you know, dip a little bit of the company onto the person or into that room? And how do you make the big small, you know? So like if you're a new employee joining Paycorn, we have 2,000 employees, 
how do you connect them to something that was so easy to do when you could be physically present and they could see things in the building and they could interact with people in the stairwell and you know see them in the lunchroom and all those things like how do you create that same energy that allows people to connect and so one of the changes that we're really thinking through is how do you make the big small and how do you really create more energy in the four walls of that home office, the, mm. the, the cultural energy. Mm. And so that's kind of one of the changes that we're grappling with right now um, in terms of the current state of, you know, work from home and the pandemic, because it's, it's not going to go away. This is, the, this is it, right? We've rewritten the rules of work and they're, they're working from home. In your piece on, in Forbes uh, that, that I referenced when I reached out to you initially, uh, you mentioned uh, like breakouts or, or you know, like virtual conversation. Uh, do you allow like team members? Because that's one of my favorite things because I've been doing a ton of webinars and it's overwhelming when there's hundreds and hundreds of people. But when we break out yeah. into like smaller rooms and have human conversations yeah. where the prompt is something silly, like what have you been binging on, on Netflix? It creates sort of a low stakes but also focused approach. Have you incorporated things like that? Yeah, we're doing a couple of um, things like that. So number one, we do something called Coffee Chat. And so we have this app that was provided by a company, Tier 1 Performance Solution, that randomizes um, connections in the business. So you and I could randomly get connected for like a 30-minute conversation. And the conversation is super informal as if we sat down at Starbucks right and because we're new to each other it tends to circle around you know your family your home your you know the light stuff the the yeah. stuff that people bond over and connect over um, the other thing we do is um, my team used to do this huddle every um, every day and part of the huddle sometimes was you know what was your uh, what was your first car or what was your, um, who was your first prom date or something, or who was your prom date or something like that. And it invariably leads to like these hilarious conversations about, you know, the, your, your experience growing up or your, you know, circumstances at a certain point of time. And I, I think those things are really important, David, like being able to bond over the human condition because we've all had that first job, that first car, that first date, that first whatever, pet. And it does allow lightness to come into work. Mm. Yeah. So, and we're doing, we're doing that in breakouts too. We'll, we'll um, you know, do Zoom breakouts where we um, might, you know, have a lighthearted conversation about, you know, any topic, pick a topic before we dive right into the content. Because I think when you make those little human connections, it, it creates trust. Absolutely. It, and it breaks down those silos too. So you're not seeing one another as your job descriptions. You're, you know, now all of a sudden we're having, we're making this connection about this thing we've all went through. That's a great point. Or hierarchy. Yeah. You know, it yeah. takes away the hierarchy. Oh, for sure. That's one thing that actually I just uh, released uh, this episode of the podcast yesterday with, with Rich Sheridan uh, at Menlo. They do like a huddle at the beginning of, of the shift as well. They, they call it their stand-up meeting where the whole team, it's like 20-some yeah. people, they just stand in a big circle and they pass around. Well, they don't do this. Well, they do it virtually now, but but they uh, when they were in person, they would pass around this horned Viking helmet. Whoever has the helmet can share what they're going through, what they're like, uh, what they're doing, what, what project they're working on, uh, you know, something silly that yeah. happened to them, whatever. And they keep it light. And uh, it yeah. creates just, a, just an instant connection between 
people. And it's, it's, it's so cool. And, and I, I've read a lot about having chance encounters and like setting your people up to have chance encounters in the workplace so that they are constantly meeting yes. new people and, and creating new connections. And it sounds like you're doing that virtually, which is super cool. Yeah, you know, David, the thing I'm, I'm exploring and my team is like resisting right now is I, I have this kind of notion about how can you create um, like homerooms or houses? <laughs> so remember, you know, like when we're in high school, we go to homeroom right in the morning to check in and you're in there with the same 30 people. And, you know, over the four years of your high school, you kind of get to know them and you may not be friends with them, but there's still like this little camaraderie of being part of something together. Yeah. And so I keep trying to think of like, how do you make the big small? So could you create the concept of kind of homerooms where you have, tenured people and new people and you have you know um people from all different functions and they're really responsible for helping people onboard they're really responsible for being the first line of questions when somebody doesn't want to go to their manager or you know they're the person that's sharing the norms or they're the person that's you know talking up an employee at a company event like oh gosh we're doing this fireside chat for our colorful connections erg and this is what it's about and you should come right like it's this it's this kind of welcoming environment or connected environment that allows new people to, to bond, but also existing people like tenured people to share all the traditions and norms and practices that make your company come alive. And, um, and so I, I haven't cracked the code with my team yet, but I'm not giving up the ghost. <laughs> I, I support it. There's upsides and downsides to it. But for me, it's like, how do you mix your tenured people and your multidisciplinary people together so that, you know, you're not just with your own function all the time. You're not just with the people that you work closest to all the time. You're getting connections and, and interactions with leadership from other parts of your business. So I don't know. It's a pipe dream. I'll, I'll keep cracking it, but you know, <laughs> that's kind of what, the thing I'm noodling about right now. And it goes back to that notion of how you make the big small. You can't laugh at that. You Can't Laugh at That is brought to you by Water Cooler Comedy. Now, for too long, we've been asking the question, should work be focused on work or fun? But Mark Twain once said that work and play are two words used to describe the same thing under different circumstances. So my point is that we're asking the wrong question. Instead of asking, should work be work or fun, the question should be, how can we make work fun, whether it's a keynote speech, a half-day workshop, a 90-day consulting program, a customized corporate comedy experience for you and your team as you try to figure out how to reboard, how to get back to work after working virtually for a year. Why humor in the workplace? Well, studies have shown that humor builds resilience. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more correct. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more corrupt. I can't say collaboratively. <laughs> it allows us to adapt to not being able to say collaboratively correctly. Because not only does laughter make us feel better, it makes us work better too. So why not make work the time and place to laugh? Check out watercoolercomedy.org.
it seems as though the, the people uh, with whom you work are, are pretty forward-thinking themselves. Am I correct on saying that? Yeah, no, I'm super lucky, David, in that um, the team I work with is exceptionally talented and they are very deep and very experienced. And so that's part of what allows us to live in the future is that they've got such a good command over, you know, the expectations of the function that they can experiment and try different things. And I think you know, that's what's led us to do things like, you know, really change our performance management system or really think differently about talent review and development. And of course, now the thing that we're really focused on is um, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion, like how we really weave those practices into everything we do. Um, and so, you know, you can't do that unless your team is able to shoulder the everyday and kind of take those futuristic or more strategic steps. And um, I'm just lucky that I have a lot of experienced, really talented people on the team. It's, you know, I say it's an embarrassment of riches in many ways. Not all people are, are that lucky. And, that, and that's, you know, that's a good point. Do you, do you incorporate like um, gratitude, recognition, things like that into the day-to-day -day for, for not just the people you work with directly, but uh, with, you know, all the way down to the, to the brand new employee. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I think that's one of the areas that we could continue to do better, but we certainly do have a number of ways to recognize people. We, um, for example, um, have a tool within our, our platform that's called Shoutouts that allows people to give kind of on-the-fly feedback. We do a lot of town halls where we recognize performance. So just this week, I sat in the sales town hall where they recognized all the top performing sellers for the month. Um, you know, we, we definitely give shout-outs to our new employees. Um, we focus a lot on onboarding training and performance and onboarding training. And so, you know, I think we've got to morph some of our practices because we used to bring everyone together to celebrate anniversaries, birthdays, and um, promotions. We would do like a quarterly little celebration, like a happy hour. And, you know, that's not something we can do anymore in an easy fashion. So how do you, again, you know, make those things meaningful and, and equip, equip managers to really take care of people in those moments? Um, we also try and push incentives to people. So this week we've been working on uh, an incentive for our frontline associates who have really, you know, carried carried a lot of the um, client interaction conversations during a, a really difficult year end for many companies um, as it relates to, you know, their pandemic recovery, their taxes, their W-2s for associates. And so we also try and put, you know, dollars behind what we do too. Um, but, you know, to go back to your notion of humor, I, I think that's one of the things that's really important about PayCorps. We have six guiding principles, and the, the sixth one is have fun along the way. And it's a real reminder to everyone that, you know, we work hard, we play hard, but we also celebrate, and we have those human connections that allow us to have lighthearted moments and to poke fun at each other and in the right kind of ways and to have those team rituals. And, you know, it's a big part of our culture, that notion of fun and fun. A lot of the fun comes in that humor and just informal connections. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and making those connect, not only with one another, but, you know, humor allows us to connect where we are with where we want to go in, in new and exciting ways. And it sounds like, you know, you're with through your culture and through the things that you're doing and, and recognition and, you know, uh, 
these new ideas like home rooms, like you're, you're, you're constantly moving. It doesn't sound like there's any stagnation uh, or, or, or just committing to a new normal. Uh, I, I hate that term because I'm yeah. one that's like, you know, shake things up every day. Why do we want normal? Why not constantly be, you know, looking to, to try new things and, and to improve the normal every day. And uh, so it sounds yeah. like you're on your, that's part of your mission. You know, I think we never know exactly what we're capable of, right? So every year when we set our goals for the year, we have something we call a, strat we call a strategy on a page or a SOAP. And we do it at the function level for the people team. So we're comprised of both the HR and the learning functions. And every year when we set our goals, we think, oh, this is too much. You know, we've got 10 pounds in a five pound sack. And, you know, we've been too a bit ambitious or too aggressive. And every year we find a way. We find a way to knock out all of the initiatives that we've signed up for and then some because business always throws you curves, right? You have an acquisition or you have, um, you know, a, a transaction in the business that requires you to kind of pivot some of your resources or, you know, you, you go completely virtual or you decide to move your onboarding programs from 12 weeks to four weeks, whatever it might be. You know, I think we... We don't allow ourselves to have the limitations. We really push to say, you know, what can we do? And our track record is such that we know that, you know, we're aspirational. We're going to push a little harder, work a little harder, and figure out how to make it come alive. And in the beginning, we're always, you know, looking at the buffet like, oh, I'll never be able to eat all that. I'll never be able to eat everything on my plate. And then we do. We do. We figure it out. Right. The old adage about how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> yeah, so I think that the best opportunity for change is to invite the people in who are closest to the work because, you know, it's easy to be resistant to change and easy to say no to change, but when you engage people at the front lines and, and give them a voice and help them understand that tomorrow is going to be better than today and that they have a say in it, um, it really makes change a lot more palatable because it becomes their idea. And so, you know, I think a lot of times we conceive major changes in the back room and then we meet resistance when it comes to implementing them on the front line. And so when you really have a healthy grassroots voice in your, um, in your workforce, um, it makes change that much more, you know, you're that much more able to consume change and or conceive change because it's involving the very people that will, will ultimately be most affected. That's advice anybody can can take. I mean, you know, like I said, the organization I'm working with, like that's what I want to communicate with them, and so I'm working to, to do that. Um, so this has been this is very timely. I'm super proud of of Paycor as an organization, and you know, we've always tried to put people first because we know that when you have really happy employees, not even happy, because happy is sometimes a fleeting thing, right? But when you have really engaged employees, even if they're engaged in fixing something that's not right or to their liking, they're still using their voice, right? And it's when you lose the voice that you have a problem. And so, um, you know, I think we've always encouraged healthy grassroots and, you know, healthy exchange of opinions, even when they're differing from what we you know, what we desire or want as a business. Um, you know, it just, it engages people. Right, nobody likes an echo chamber. 
Right. If everybody's saying the same thing, there's no growth, you know, there's no, you can't learn anything new and, you know, yeah, we all agree with one another, but that's only going to take us so far, <laughs> eventually into conflict. <laughs> all right. Well, Karen, I appreciate you taking the time out of your, your day. Uh, I hope you uh, got to where you're going or are getting to where you're going safely. Yeah, no, my pleasure, David. And I, you know, stay in touch. Like I'd love to see a clip of, um, of something you've done for SHRM or how you engage the organization. We're always looking for, you know, partnerships to help us do something different and bring something different into the way we message employees. So yeah, if there's something that would help me and my team understand what you do best, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and likewise, um, I'm actually going into a meeting right from here. I'm working with a PR firm uh, to, to uh, put together a stand-up comedy training program where you know we teach you the skill not necessarily to do stand-up comedy but the skills that a comic uh, uses to be successful at their job are the same that that a leader uses to successfully connect and engage their team so uh so that's really cool yeah yeah, yeah you know one of my favorite things a long time ago paycor used to have these um we still do them they're just a little different we would have these quarterly employee meetings and one of them was always an improv Mm -hmm. And it was hilarious. Like the people that did it were so talented and just like on the fly. Um, we had one where they did this whole rap about paycor and payrolling and stuff. And I mean, you know, just the um, creative energy that it sparks for people. Um, I miss those days when we when we used to do that. It was like, always a good time because it, it did create this like energy. So. Oh, well, thank you, David. I hope you have a great rest of the day and a great weekend. Hey, you do the same. I am working on it. <laughs> Gotta... All right. See you later. Yeah. Take care. You can't laugh at that. Special thanks to Karen Crone for joining us on this episode of You Can't Laugh at Work and sharing her valuable insights. To learn a little bit more about Paycor, visit paycor.com. If you want to learn a little bit more about Karen, she contributes regularly to Forbes and... You can find her on Twitter and LinkedIn, of course, on Twitter at KLCrone, C-R-O-N-E, for more leadership insights and ideas. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at Work. As we continue on our mission to incorporate humor into leadership in more workplaces, to engage more people, to inspire creativity and collaboration and caring, Feel free to give us a like, a follow, a subscribe on whatever platform that you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star rating and a review of the way that you found these episodes to be helpful. Because we want to prove that no matter how quickly change comes, no matter how uncertain the future is, no matter if your people are working from home and you're trying to find new ways to engage them, remotely, remember that there is always a way to laugh at work.